Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of And Finally with me, Sam Vader, where this week we are going to be talking about Guy Fawkes, which is a very famous person over here in the UK. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he's famous anywhere else in the world. Um, I don't know where people are obviously listening from currently at the moment. Um, but yeah, when we're talking about Guy Fawkes, I know it's a bit early, maybe I should have saved this for November, but uh, no, that's, that's not how we do things here. Clearly, I'm an idiot. Anyway, <clears throat> but before we start, we will once again do the normal where I will say that we at Situarts do still stand with the Black Lives Matter campaign. As much as it has died down on social media, and I don't think it should have, we do still stand with the issue, uh, and we do want to make a change, and we, we hope there will be, will be one soon. <clears throat> but without further ado, let's get on to the story of a Monsieur Guy Fawkes. Or Guidio Forks, as I think is his uh, Spanish, is the Spanish way of saying it. Anyway, so he was born uh, in 1570 in Stonegate, York, which is in the northern part of England. Um, and he was actually the second of four children to Edbert, Edward sorry, and Edith Forks. Uh, both his parents were, in fact, actually members of the Church of England. England, I can't speak at the moment apparently, but were communionists, which means they still took communion, but were members of the Church of England and not necessarily the Catholic faith per se. Uh, but his mother's family, uh, so his grandparents and so on, were actually were actually Catholics. Um, his exact date of birth is actually unknown though, um, but he was, weirdly enough, his baptism is known. So he was baptised on the 16th of April, uh, 1570 in St. Michael de Belfry, which is a church near where he was born, obviously. Um, but as at the time, the custom was that you were baptised three days after you were born, it is very likely that he was born on the 13th of April. But this can neither be confirmed nor denied, so no one says they know when he was born, but we know it must have been roughly around the 13th of April for his exact birth date. Now, in 1579, he was the age of eight at the time, Guy Fawkes' father actually uh, tragically died, and uh, seven years, several, not seven, several years later, his mother actually remarried, and she remarried a man called Dennis Bearbridge. And he was actually a Catholic, a very devout Catholic, and uh, it's believed this is what sort of began to turn Guy Fawkes himself to the Catholic faith. Uh, this was the start of that devout religion that would then see him to do what he did in his later life. Some sources do actually claim that Guy Fawkes was married and had a son, but it's maybe one or two sources. There is nothing contemporary that says this, and there's pretty much no proof whatsoever that we know of. So you can say he had a wife and son, but there's no, once again, there's no proof of that much like his, his birth date. Um, but in October 1591, he, uh, he, he sold the Clifton Estate, which is uh, in York, where, which was his father, which he inherited from him. And uh, then he, uh, he traveled to Europe for a bit. And in mainland Europe, he, uh, he fought for not the whole time, obviously, but he took part in the Eighty Years' War. Uh, for the for Catholic Spain against the new 
Dutch Republic and even fought in France from 1595 until the Peace of Verves, I don't know, in 1598. But this was very interesting, especially for for the times. Um, as at this time, England and Spain, whilst they weren't involved in direct military ground forces combat, neither one was had successfully invaded the other. Spain and England were very much at war in this time. Uh, very much, in fact, a few years before he, he was there, in 1588, in fact, I'm sure you might know, was the Battle of the Armada, where Spain sent their prized fleet to try and invade and conquer England, and uh, we basically told them where to shove it, and uh, kicked their aces. Um, so yeah, him sort of fighting for Spain was a very, very controversial thing at the time. Uh, incredibly controversial, but, um, you know, that probably is something that helped to strengthen his Catholic beliefs, become more devout to it, and eventually led him to be the way he was, I suppose. Um, but Guy joined Sir William Stanley, an English Catholic veteran and commander who had raised an army in Ireland to fight in Leicester in the Leicester expedition to the Netherlands. So he was very much, by his adult life, was this 1598? How many years after he was born? 18, so yeah, he's very much an adult at this point. And is very much, um, yeah, fighting for his beliefs. So there's something that he had from a very early age. He was very, yeah, um, which obviously <laughs> we'll see much later in his life. Um, as he might take it to the extreme, but that's something we'll discuss when we get to it. Um, Fawkes himself actually made it to the rank of junior officer and fought well at the Siege of Calais in 1596, and by 1603 he had actually had quite a few recommendations for the position of captain, but I think he sort of left the army by that point and never actually, or left the military forces that he was part of, and never actually received that rank of captain, but it, it was incredibly recommended for him to have it. So he, he had some good military skills and some good accomplishments under his belt. Um, but it was in that year that he actually travelled to Spain itself to gather support for the Catholic Rebellion in England because it was at this point that King James I had become King of England and he was adamant on the Church of England being... Obviously this is weird times, you know, this is Tudor England so you've gone through the English Reformation with King Henry VIII who then gave it to his son Edward, who stuck with it for the very short period he was king. Then Mary came along and turned us back to Catholics. And then Elizabeth came along and she made us Church of England again. And she sort of solidified that Church of England as being the main religion of the country. And Catholicism was no longer the lead thing. So King James I comes along, sticks with that quite heavily but in quite an asshole way, he, he, he more sort of prosecutes Catholics rather than just saying, oh, look, this is the main one, but you can still do your thing. Don't get me wrong, nowhere near as badly as Henry going around killing all of them, but it was definitely frowned upon to be a Catholic, and I think if you spoke out about it too much, you probably would have got killed for that as well. So it wasn't a good time to be a Catholic, so there was a rebellion starting to build in the country, fighting for their beliefs and their rights, and, you know their rights to worship how they want to worship and that's fair enough but this is 
old time England, you know. We weren't nice to anyone, not even our own. <clears throat> so in 1604, Fawkes became involved with a group of Catholics led by Robert Cattersby, who planned to assassinate King James and replace him with his daughter, who was currently third in line, Princess Elizabeth, and restore a Catholic monarch and <clears throat> bring Catholicism back to the forefront. And they probably then would have gone as far as to do to the Protestants what the Protestants had done to them. This seems like that sort of plot where it's they were willing, they were going to persecute and it was never going to be okay. But that was that was their plan. Um, whether right or wrong, we don't. <clears throat> Suffer debate because yeah, what they're doing is is an act of terrorism. Obviously, it's a very clearly an act of terrorism. What, what is transpiring here? But to an extent, they're also fighting for their beliefs. Is it too dissimilar? Don't be wrong, a lot more extreme to some of the riots, say, like the Black Lives Matter ones. Trying to prove your point, but differences, I think Black Lives Matter were trying to prove a point. These were trying to force a change in a very drastic way by killing the people in charge. And that's where it, it is. I think this sort of thing gets interesting to discuss and, and think about. Because, yeah, it's not too dissimilar to the recent riots and issues we had. And the fact that, you know, people wanted to force a change, people wanted to make a big difference, but they were willing to do it violently, and it's the whole, is that right, is it not right? Like, is blowing up the Houses of Parliament really a good thing to do? Well, no, but you are being persecuted, and is anyone else going to listen? You know, it's, it's a very hit and this touchy subject on what's right and wrong, and don't get me wrong, murder is what should always be flat out wrong. Um, but, you know, they were being persecuted and they probably would have been killed just for believing in what they believed in, let alone practicing it. So maybe they did die for a worthy cause in trying to fight for that change. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, one of his co-conspirators actually described Guy Fawkes, which is how we sort of know what he looks like on record. He was described as a tall, powerfully built man with thick reddish hair and apparently had quite an impressive moustache and beard as well. Uh, which you see in a lot of the pictures and stuff and I always think you know the mask from V from V for Vendetta I'm pretty sure that was based off Guy Fawkes as well that one so that's the sort of look you're going for here and uh, apparently he pulled it off quite well quite a good looking man by the record things that I've been reading um, but the first meeting of the five main conspirators actually took place on Sunday the 20th of May 1604 at an inn called the Duck and Drake. And at this point, Cattersby had already made clear his intentions. So before this meeting even took place, he'd set down that his plan was to blow up Parliament with the King in it and all of his advisors and then implement uh, the daughter. He, he'd made clear that this wasn't some normal rebellion, get rid of the King. This was, we're going to blow this thing up and that's how we're going to do it. So it was a lot more of a of a drastic thing, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was the plan. And uh, Thomas Pervy, PV, uh, don't want to say Pervy, it's Percy. I can't read my own handwriting. Thomas Percy, sorry about that, was promoted uh, to live in the house of the keeper of the king's wardrobe, actually. 
and it was at this point that their plans started to come together as Guy Fawkes uh, took the pseudonym of John Johnson uh, and actually acted as a servant to Percy at the house so they could use it as some form of staging ground. And there are some records that claim that the conspirators intended to carve a tunnel from under the house to Parliament uh, and then use that as their way of getting there without being noticed. But on many accounts, even when the conspirators, I think Guy Fawkes on his fifth time of being tortured finally admitted to this tunnel. But when people checked, there was no proof of it. Um, so whether the tunnel actually existed or not, and, or whether Guy Fawkes was just admitting it existed because he wanted the pain to stop, because that's what torture does to you, there's no way of really safely or securely knowing, unfortunately, what the uh, whether that tunnel existed. And all the other confessions by the conspirators, there's never been any proof of the tunnel f physically found. So <clears throat> that is, unfortunately, up for, for debate. Um, but according to Guy Fawkes himself, 70 barrels of gunpowder actually bought and stored. And then... Maybe a few months later, they bought a further 16 to really ensure that when they, uh, yeah, when they did this, they did it right and they got the right results. And it was in 1605, Guy Fawkes actually went back to Europe to gain support for the plot. But um, it's sort of uncertain how long he was there for, because we know that the next record of him being back in London was August 1605. But it doesn't say exactly when he came back. He could have been there for one month, two months, or maybe a, a time that was significantly longer. But we would never know. But Guy Fawkes himself is obviously, he was the military man. He was the one known for that sort of stuff. So he was put on explosive duty. He was the one who sort of knew what he was doing in that regard. So he actually took his station under Parliament sort of the night before the attack. So the night of the 4th. And, uh, but unfortunately, on the 5th of November, the famous date, remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and plot, he was found leaving the cellar and was immediately arrested. And later on that night, the explosives were found under heaps of wood and coal by some of the investigators. Um, Fawkes, obviously reluctant to give away his plans and who he was, initially gave his name as John Johnson, uh, which was a pseudonym he'd used before. Uh, and when he was first being interrogated, and this, yeah, this was during his first interrogation by members of the King's Privy Chamber, uh, when asked why he was in possession of so much gunpowder, he responded, and I quote, to blow you Scotch beggars back to the mountains. He, uh, yeah, he had no shame in what he was doing, and he, he wasn't going to lie about it. He, uh, yeah, he, he just gave out and told him the truth. And James I, actually, King James I, sorry, admired this in Guy Fawkes and uh, you know and especially after Guy Fawkes to James the first face himself admitted that his only regret is that the plan had failed James had massive respect for Guy Fawkes in this moment the fact that he was so resolute and strong uh, but this didn't stop him from signing the order on the 6th of November that uh, Guy Fawkes or John Johnson as he was then thought to be would be taken to the Tower of London and tortured uh, to get the information out of him. Which is, uh, yeah, that's some respect you've got for him there, guy. <laughs> Doing well for yourself. Um, but yeah, so the king 
instructed that lighter torture should be used at first, such as manacles, but if necessary, and he was refusing to give answers, more severe methods were allowed, such as the rack. But it is said that whilst a lot was done to Guy Fawkes, obviously, um, it is never been said whether the rack was actually used. There's no evidence that it was, but there's evidence that he was in a severe amount of pain and he was put through a lot. Because when he came to eventually sign his confession, the handwriting is so appalled, appalling and over the place that it is made evident that he could barely stand at this point and barely write his own name. Uh, so but there's no direct evidence that the rack was used on this man. Uh, but the room he was taken to in the Tower of London is now actually known as the Guy Fawkes room. So, you know, not only do you get a name where you're, like a day where you're celebrated once a year in the country, you know, you got a room named after you in the place where you were tortured. That, that is a real victory right there if you ask me. That is, I'm sure that's all he ever wanted. I mean, in fairness, Catholics aren't prosecuted over here anymore, so I suppose he did get a win eventually. Uh, but on the 7th of November, he, after about multiple, multiple attempts um, of torture and holding out for that long, which is quite impressive. Yes, it's only been two days, but he was tortured day and night and, you know, like the, the person overseeing his torture said that, you know, I'm not going to stop until you give me the information. So that's pretty much two full days of non-stop torture. He did well to hold out for as long as he did, but he did, unfortunately, finally break on the uh, 5th of... No, sorry, 7th of November, and uh, revealed that there were five people involved in the plot. And uh, by the 8th, he began to give their names as well. So they still didn't stop after he sort of said how many there were, even though there were more than that, obviously. And, uh, yeah, he... Uh, it didn't end up well for him, but his his trial, along with the trial of the other conspirators, they were kept in the uh, tower and tortured, and you know just kept there as prisoners for a while. And the trial actually took place on Monday, the twenty seventh of January, sixteen oh six. And the conspirators, very lovely, they got one last trip together, got to share a barge from the tower all the way to Westminster Hall, uh, where weirdly enough. Despite not only owning up to it before, but being proud of it, Guy Fawkes actually pleaded not guilty. However, it was revealed in a conversation later with a few of the other conspirators that was overheard that that was more out of ignorance to exactly what was going on, um, apparently. I don't know how you can get that mixed up. But yeah, so he did actually weirdly plead non-guilty um, at the time. But despite his probably very convincing pleas, um, he, they were obviously all found guilty of high treason because they'd all basically admitted it by this point. Um, and uh, yeah, they would be put to death. Um, but it was weird because, you know, normal death wasn't good enough for these people. So this is what they wanted to do to them. They, uh, they were to be put to death halfway between heaven and earth as they were unworthy of both. Uh, this is basically what happened to them as well. This is... This bit's lovely. So their genitals were to be cut off and burnt before their eyes, and literally reading that and writing that, it made me cross my legs. That is, that, I cross my legs when someone has a football thrown at their knackers. It's chopped off and then burnt before, oh, could you imagine watching it burn? That's, that's not right. That's, that's best, you know, I know you want it to blow you up, but that's, that's not very nice. Uh, their bowels and hearts were to be removed and then they were to be decapitated and the parts of their body were to be put on display 
uh, as a warning, which, I mean, that's nice. And what actually happened to them was their genitals were cut off and burned in front of them. Uh, well, it's believed they were. There's, I don't know if there's much confirmation on that, but it's likely that, yes, he had his balls chopped off and burnt in front of him. But on the 31st of January, uh, Forks and three others were... This is brilliant. This is, this is, this is lovely. So they weren't taken to the hangman like normal people. No, they were dragged by a horse. So their face was basically... So they were facing away from the horse. So their face was being dragged along the floor. They were dragged by horse to the old palace yard, which is opposite uh, the, the building they intended to blow up, obviously being the house of uh, commons, lords and parliament. They were taken there. Uh, dragged by by a horse. That's, that's not very nice, is it? Like, you know, does the punishment fit the crime? I mean, I suppose so, because it's treason and an act of terrorism. The terrorists get away with it today. You wouldn't do this to someone today, would you? Not even the torture bit. I just... We were very over the top in the past. Like, you can't ignore that. But anyway, Fawkes uh, was actually still so weak from the torture, because obviously he's still been going through endless from this, and everything that had happened to him, that uh, he couldn't actually walk up the stairs to the scaffold. So the hangman himself actually had to help him up. But due to unknown reasons, see either the rope wasn't set properly, or he climbed too high, uh, Guy Fawkes' neck actually instantly broke upon hanging. Because obviously with being hung, drawn and quartered, what's meant to happen, you're meant to hang for a certain period of time until you're near death and then taken off and then have the be stretched and then cut in four. Whereas uh, Guy Fawkes, because of the state of weakness he was in at the time, just, well, he, <laughs> he died instantly. Um, however, that wasn't enough to spare his body. His body was still quartered along with his alive conspirators, and uh, they were the four parts of them were spread to the four corners of the kingdom, as was customary, as a warning to anyone else that dare cross the kingdom of England. Because um, you know we're nice, and yeah, I mean obviously that's quite a, sh a short history because there's not much on him really, as much as there would be someone more prominent or regal from the time um yeah it's all very interesting one because he's one who obviously is still very known today i mean you know the 5th of november is now called guy fawkes night and as i say I, I sort of sang it earlier but you've got the rhyme that i'm sure most people know remember remember the 5th of november gunpowder treason and plot i think there's more to it as well but that's the only bit you need to remember um I remember learning about this a long time ago, like in primary school when I learned about it. And in fairness, I went to a Catholic school, so you see, you get told he's the hero. And to an extent, I still think he is. I mean, you fight against prosecution and oppression, that's it's true. But, yeah, I don't know, but the fact that we still celebrate it every year with fireworks, uh, you've got a bonfire, and normally on the, you know, penny for the guy, you put, for anyone who's not English and doesn't understand this custom, um, you're going to hear it and you're still not going to understand it because you're going to think we're insane that we do this. So yeah, obviously fireworks is more normal. People do that at you know, New Year's and stuff. A bonfire, there's nothing wrong with a bonfire. But it's when you get like a dummy and you dress it up like Guy Fawkes and then you put 
that on the bonfire. This is normally at the more public. If you do a private one, you don't tend to do this as much. But if you go to a public display, you will then, yeah, dress up a dummy as Guy Fawkes, put that on the bonfire, and then set that on fire. So <clears throat> you're setting him on fire, which obviously isn't the way he died anyway. He he died by being well hanged. That's what actually killed him, and then but it was set to be the other way. But yeah, we it's a very it, it's so weird. We're celebrating someone. Well, no, we're not celebrating him trying to blow up Parliament. The celebration is of him failing to blow up Parliament in all actuality. Um, and the King's, of, you know, it's seen as a joyful day of deliverance is what I can see here in the bit I'm looking at. Um, you know, it's weird. And it's weird as well because he was only one of 13 conspirators. There, there was a whole lot of them, you know, over a dozen. But he's the one who's remembered the most, I think most likely because he was the one who was caught, tortured and then sort of forced to give up the rest. But I think it's also because he's the one who was going to light the fuse. And uh, obviously he got it worse than the rest, but he's the one that's remembered. Um, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure he would have rather have been remembered as the guy who blew up the parliament, not the guy who failed and then got treated like that and then got blown. He's now just set on fire once a year. It's Honestly, England has some really weird traditions. And then there's that. I don't I don't get that one. I, I mean, you know, I enjoy Guy Fawkes Night, Bonfire Night. More so for the fireworks, and I like a bonfire. But I do find it weird that <coughs> we still celebrate this, you know. It's And obviously it's just become tradition now. But I think something that needs to be thought about that not many people do consider with it is that well, in actuality, who was the good guy, who was the bad guy? And I say it might sound obvious. Some people might think, well, no, Guy Fawkes was clearly the bad guy. He tried to blow up Parliament. You know what? You're right. But King James I was also an asshole to Catholics and was prosecuting them and, you know, not treating them very well and killing them off as well. And that, quite frankly, is equally as wrong. Um... I mean, it wasn't wrong because obviously he was in power, so he made the law and that was fine. But I'm pretty sure if the Queen was doing that today, she wouldn't be liked as much as she is and she'd probably be taken out of power. I'd like to think she would, um, but that might be wishful thinking on my part, looking at the way this country works. But, you know, and Guy Fawkes was just like modern protesters in a very extreme way, trying to stand up for what he believed in and defend other people like him and try and get equality and rights. And, <laughs> I mean, obviously, the story serves as a massive don't mess with the state because it doesn't end well for these conspirators. If you're trying to teach it as a story to a rebellion of some sort, it's not the story you tell them to motivate them, it's the story you tell them to make them fear what's going to happen when this doesn't work so it's a very interesting point in history and i'll probably on the 5th of november we'll go into more details on the gunpowder plot itself i didn't go into it here because this is on guy fawkes himself as a person <clears throat> not as much the gunpowder plot itself which is obviously still a massive point in history and i, I will providing this show is still going by november we'll do a, a gunpowder plot special for the Wednesday that's closest to the 5th of November. Uh, that would that would be my plan for it. Um, so that's why I didn't. I sort of skipped over those details a bit here. Um, 
But yeah, it's just... It's a very interesting story, because you don't know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, when you really think about it and compare it to modern examples. And to that extent, you know, it does make you think about what's going on in the world at the moment. And, you know, this is like I say, the, the, the past is the key to today. So, like I did with the Vietnam one last week, judging that, comparing that to what America is doing currently in the Middle East. Sorry, excuse me. I'm now sort of comparing what's going on, what went on with Guy Fawkes and the oppression of his people then. Well, not his people, but of people of the same faith to what's going on now, maybe with, with black people or trans people or any LGBTQ plus people. You know, all the oppression, they're still... I saw something about gay conversion therapy is still legal in some places, and that's that's not okay. You know, but then does that justify going and blowing up the White House or Parliament? You know, can you live with the weight of those murders on your conscience? Um, yeah, I don't like Donald Trump, but, you know, is killing him the right option? I know some people are going to say yes, and that's that's okay and I'm probably leaning more towards that as well in a way like well I'm not that's not true I don't more from the extent of I don't think killing anybody solves anything um you know don't get me wrong far nicer presidents have been killed you've got your Lincoln who yeah wasn't product of his time but then you've also got JFK you know they were assassinated and they were far nicer but I don't think anything justifies murder. And so to that extent, you know, I, I can see what's wrong with Guy Fawkes. But at the same time, if you're in that level of oppression, the only way you can make a statement is by doing something like that. Maybe it's the only way out. I can't judge. I'm not in that situation. I, you know, I'm not oppressed. Well, nowhere near as much as minorities are. Uh, as a working class person, yeah, to an extent, but nowhere near to what any minorities are and so I could never relate and never judge and I think that's something to think about it's like was Guy Fawkes right was he wrong were the conspirators the good guys were they the bad guys and then relate that to modern issues it's like you know we can't understand what these people are going through but then does that justify violence and murder and death on both parts I'm not saying you know the it's just the rioters who murder you know, I don't agree with the death penalty. Hung, drawn, quartered, having your genitals chopped off, especially the genitals chopped off, it's far too far, right? That's where I draw the line, right? That's not okay. <laughs> so murder on both parts is, is wrong and, you know, punishment fit crime. Long story short, Americans shouldn't be allowed to carry guns, police officers or otherwise. Get rid of it and it'll solve a lot of their problems. Some of the people who, who die in police shootings who obviously a shot goes wrong or something. Oh yeah, the police officer shouldn't have shot him. Well, no, the police officer shouldn't have guns, but the police officer not only have guns because Americans are allowed guns. So if a police officer turns up with, you know, a truncheon and your guy down the street's got an AK-47, it's not a fair fight. So problem is America shouldn't have guns. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent about this. So I'm going to stop myself here. And uh, this episode will have to be a bit short because Guy Fawkes... Sadly, there wasn't too much on his personal life, and I want the gunpowder plot to be its own episode for November the 5th, just because that makes more sense. So, before I go, I would obviously love to 
plug King's I King's Styles Apparel. Jesus Christ, I'm messing everything up today. Which is the merch store we have uh, with merch from me, Say Invader, with the Failure Wear collection, or even the Say Invader shirt itself, and so many others coming and already there. You've got the creators of King's Eyes, uh, you've got King's Eyes' collection himself, and so many more on the way. I have now had a chance to wear and test the products. They are some of the nicest shirts you could ever see. So light, they f they feel so soft. You know, like that's something that doesn't normally matter to me. But I'm impressed by how soft they are. Right, these brilliant products. Please do go check it out and consider buying the merch. And uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. And I will well speak to you next week. <laughs>